If you want legendary service, if you, you want sweeter discounts, shop Save by bundling auto and home with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. Hey guys, Phantom Dark Dave here, and before the episode comes on, I just want to give you guys a heads up. My normal recorder failed me, so I was forced to use the Skype recorder, and it kind of let me down a little bit. I still think it's a really great episode. Sean and I had a lot of fun. I don't think it'll take away from the listening experience, but just want to let you guys know it was my fault. It wasn't Sean's. His audio is fantastic. My audio is subpar, <laughs> but... Needless to say, I'm still putting the episode out because I still think it's very enjoyable, and hopefully you guys do too. Now, pick up that guitar, and let's start this intro. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the All Things Dave podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the freaks, geeks, losers, goobers, podcasters, and fellow YouTubers. I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave. Did you see the episode? Top five songs from horror movie soundtracks? You bet your ass we're talking music again. And joining me for this episode, he's the host of the Fraternity podcast. What's up, Sean? Hey, what's going on, Dave? Thanks so much for having me back on. Yeah, this is like your sequel episode. Right. All good things have a sequel, don't they? Yeah, and sometimes the sequel's better than the original, though I know that's a hot topic. <laughs> yeah, well, we hope, right? Yeah, we're not here to talk about The Stepfather Part 2, because you've already done that. <laughs> yeah, I know I, I kind of disappointed you with my opinion on that one, but let's see how this goes. That's right. And here's the thing, Sean, is I know just by previous conversations that you and I do have similar taste in music, so it wouldn't be too far-fetched to assume there might be some crossovers and or at least some of the same soundtracks. But when we made this, we did not say it specifically had to be rock and roll or metal, but that is kind of what we're into. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I really don't know what to expect. There could be some crossover, but I wouldn't be shocked if there weren't either because there's an awful lot to choose from. And that's something we discovered when putting this list together is this is actually uh, Sean's idea. And, and I say like on all my episodes is if somebody has a request or an idea, let me know. And when Sean gave his idea, that also made him the guest. And so here we are. But like we said, it, it'll be interesting to see because – I thought I knew my top five, and then when I, I put them down, I started to discover other songs and movies that had pretty fantastic soundtracks. Yeah, for so. sure. 
I'm and, the same and, way. <laughs> it was really yeah, hard I was gonna to cut say, it down. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is uh, there's a lot of good music out there. So shout out to everybody who loves music. I hope that's everyone. And that's why we're here. I I said if I do another podcast, I want to talk music. I love music. It's right there with horror movies as one of my favorite things. And I'm really looking forward to we take the chance on fraternity to talk about music whenever we can. But this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Let's get the ball rolling. You've heard the show before. You know how we do it. You're the guest. You start us off with your honorable mention. Well, while I don't think there's an individual movie that has an awesome soundtrack in this franchise, the Friday the 13th franchise as a whole has some killer tunes. And I'm going New Wave with my selection. And my honorable mention is His Eyes by Pseudo Echo from Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. Mm, is that a soundtrack that's better than the movie? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that one's tough. You know, everyone knows the scene or should know the scene that this song comes from with Violet dancing in her room while being stalked by Roy. And I love in Friday the 13th Part 5 how they spend a lot of time obscuring the killer because, as we all should know, it's a fake Jason. But not revealing the mask or him completely kind of makes it play a little like a Jalo. And I think this scene is really well crafted. You know, we get the shot of the bloody hand opening the door. Then we see his legs as he steps in. And then there's the loud bang that startles Violet. But fake Jason is gone. And she goes back to her dance, which is second only to Crispin Glover in part four. (laughs) And then we get what is probably my favorite shot in the entire movie, which is Roy stepping out of the closet. And we're behind him and we look through his legs and can see Violet dancing between them. Great suggestive cinematography there. And what I'll also say is one valid complaint that you can levy at this movie, but not the creators, is that it got butchered by the MPAA. Lots of last second cutaway and off screen kills here. But we do actually get a pretty decent machete penetration in this scene. And the song plays the whole time. Pseudo Echo, His Eyes, great track, my honorable mention. And I'm not one to hate on that movie. I was kind of roasting to making a joke, but uh, I mean, I love pretty much all the Friday the 13th movies. Though my favorite scene of part five has got to be those enchiladas. (laughs) How could I forget those damn enchiladas? Great stuff. That's right. (laughs) That's a a great honorable mention, my man. It's the Madonna kill. Nice. (laughs) Cool, man. How about you? Well, my honorable mention is going to jump franchises. And the only reason that this one is an honorable mention is because it's it's technically arguable if it's on the soundtrack because it's used in the credits. It's referenced on the soundtrack. They even released the EP titling this movie with this song. But yet, of course, if you pull the soundtrack... It's mostly a score, not a soundtrack. And I should have said that from the gate. We're talking about soundtracks, you know, traditionally music's made by bands that are incorporated in the film, not, you know, a man for or something where it's one solid score. That's probably another episode. But I'm going to go with Dream Warriors by Dokken, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Not only a kick-ass song, but a kick-ass music video using Freddy Cougar. Awesome. Great choice. Love it. Yeah. I. Uh, it's really funny. 
in the work I'm in, I get to meet a lot of people. And I had met this lady that told me she was Don Dawkins' girlfriend. And I was thinking, one, batshit crazy, or two, the hookup of a lifetime. Who knows? And upon my one to two hour visit, she also let me know she had the ties in with like New Line Cinema and was giving me like all the scoop. This is back in 2000 and maybe 2006, seven time frame. But needless to say, it's not every day that you meet somebody who claims to be Don Dawkins' girlfriend. So <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> but uh, what can I say, man? I-, I love 80s hair metal, love 80s horror movies. You know that. I think anybody who's ever heard my show knows that. And Dream Warriors is just such a kick-ass song. It stays on my Spotify rotation. And anytime it busts out, I bust out the guitar. I can't play, but I sure pretend I can. <laughs> Great music video. I remember... Trader's Village, Flea Market, buying the Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4 dual VHS, and it featured the music video. And so, it, you know, back in the 90s, you couldn't just hop on YouTube and watch it. But man, uh, and this was pre-DVD, so there was no special features. But having a VHS that had anything bonus on it was always a win. And when I saw this music video, it made my heart happy. Oh, yeah. Been there. And... I think it's funny when you mentioned it's not technically in the movie. It plays during the credits. I think that's totally fair. I actually tried to pick my selections from various points of a film. So I have some credits songs as well. All right. Well, let's get into your number five. What you got? Well, you know, Dave, you know what else could fill up a top five list like this? (laughs) What's that? Vampire movie soundtracks. There's something about 80s vampire movies and kick-ass soundtracks. They pretty much go hand in hand. So my number five comes from 1986's Vamp. And it isn't Grace Jones's Seduction Surrender. Although her dance is definitely my favorite scene in that movie. But my number five goes to Jack Mack and the Heart Attack with their song Jealous Heart. Would you believe I've never seen this movie? But I know the cover... Well, it's a more recent discovery for me by a couple of years, so I'm not that surprised. I think it's kind of a little under the radar and getting more recognition ever so slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But this song is playing when the boys enter the strip club. It's kind of like from Dust Till Dawn, where it's guys going to a strip club that's secretly vampires. And one of the kids, AJ, played by Robert Russler was just killing it in 1985 and 86 with supporting roles in this weird science and freddy's revenge one of our favorites yep he's inside when this guy duncan insists on following him in and he forces this guy keith to go along with him now i have to ask dave are you a fan of leprechaun too of course great because i am too and one of my favorite things about leprechaun 2 is sandy baron as morty And here in Vamp, which I think is his only other genre role, we get to see him as Vic, the strip club manager. He greets the boys, and he also informs us that the bombshell dancing on stage to the song, in a hard hat of all things, is their construction engineer and builder of major erections. So I love this scene. It sets the scene so well. I love this movie. And I really do love this song, because after I watched the movie... I found this song and I would listen to it repeatedly, like just 
right when it was ending, I just hit back and listened to it again. And it stuck wow. with me. I don't listen to it as much, but it's definitely worthy of being my number five. So Jack Mack and the Heart Attack, Jealous Heart. You should definitely check it out. The movie and the song, Dave. Oh, it's going on the watch list for sure, my man. I'm not usually big on vampire movies where I seek them out, but I, I do take recommendations to Heart. And since Heart's in the title of the song, I gotta check it out. <laughs> hey, I'm the same. Right. I'm not big on vampires, but if it's good, I'm into it. There it is, man. Why skip the bad ones? Uh, why watch the bad ones? <laughs> Definitely skip the bad ones. Well, you know, that, that's a whole other thing. So yeah. let me go into my number five because I want to talk about a song that when it's over, I replay. And it's a song that's not easy to find because I tried to purchase it and just buy it through iTunes. Couldn't do it. I tried to listen to it on Spotify. Couldn't do it. I know damn good well it's on the movie, and I was able to solidify it because you can listen to it for free on YouTube. So who needs to spend money? Am I right? My number five, Dark Side of the Night by Metropolis, Jason Takes Manhattan. It's the opening credit song where we're seeing grimy New York. And I know you and your brother love grimy New York, especially horror movies featured in them. And this is 19, what, 89, if I'm not mistaken, late 80s. And, dude, this song just rocks. Yes, great choice. If I had a top 10, it would be in the top 10. So I'm so glad you chose that and put it on the list because it deserves to be talked about here. <laughs> I love this. It track. does. It totally sets the scene for the film you're about to watch. If you're going to watch the very beginning and the very end. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love Jason takes Manhattan. I would, and this is not a knock to the movie, but this intro and this song is one of the best parts of it for sure. Agreed. Yeah, no, it's a solid movie. I think it gets better. The, like with more watches and it holds its own as an underrated sequel but i think it helps if you know what you're about to watch before you watch it if you're going for a cabin in the woods movie yeah maybe it's not for you but if you just want to see jason with cool kills i mean it's kane harder bro you gotta like it <laughs> definitely what you got for number four all right dave my number four is from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. Oh, yeah. And let me just start by saying, what an incredible soundtrack. I feel like my top five could actually be filled with songs just from this movie. And I think that's why it... I think that kept this from ranking higher, but it's Tuesday Night with Nightmare. Mm, so good. Oh, yeah. What an awesome intro song. Oh, how I wish that I could have heard this in a movie theater with that rumbling bass at the start. It just sets the mood for this great movie. And Nightmare on Elm Street 4 is definitely the movie in the series that I probably watched the most when I was really young. Definitely my top three. And this intro and this song never failed to get me hyped. Like I said... Fantastic soundtrack. It was hard not to choose like Billy Idol's Fatal Charm during Jesse's Wet Dream scene or Drama Rama's Anything Anything. They even have Shanae O'Connor's I Want Your Hands on Me, but <laughs> the one I'm going with is definitely Tuesday Night's Nightmare. It was made for the movie. Yeah. Totally solid choice. In fact, it was the first song I ever downloaded on Spotify ever. 
Wow. <laughs> and so that's why I know that one so well. And uh, anybody who listening knows I'm really good friends with Randy, the uh, the man who's known as Here on Mars, one of my absolute favorite musicians in the world. This was one of the number one songs I ever requested for him to do if he did a cover. I would love to hear this with a you know electronic rock sound. Hell yeah. Make it happen. So, Make your buddy do that, Dave. <laughs> do it. <laughs> All right. Let's hop out of the 80s for the movie, but let's stay in the 80s, I think, maybe the 90s. I could get that wrong. For the music, because I'm going to go with For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica, the end credits to Devil's Candy. Devil's Candy is a badass modern horror movie. It is one that totally blindsided me, and anytime I can see Ethan Ethan Embry in a movie, it's a treat. But when I saw Ethan Embry with his tattoos and long hair, guess what? That's why I grew my hair long. Don't look at any pictures of me now because I cut it off. But for a solid two years, I was rocking that shit to the shoulders, and I wanted to be Ethan Embry from The Devil's Candy. (laughs) But for any reason but the horror – the music is so – like rock and roll and metal surround this movie. I mean it's called Devil's Candy. You, you're not going to hear anything but metal in this. But man, just having the, the outro credits with the blood flying everywhere and then hearing the bell and then the hard guitars come in, the riffs. I mean Metallica is one of the greatest bands of all time, and it just makes sense that their song would be featured in a horror movie. Awesome. Believe it or not, I have never seen this movie and not really heard much about it, so I think you just put something on my watch list, Dave. Yeah, get back to me after you watch The Devil's Candy. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Awesome, and great choice, man. Only thing I'll say is watch it at night because, you know, some movies have a lot of dark scenes, and if you're watching it with the blinds open, you're going to miss a lot. This movie just takes place at night a lot, so you want to watch it with the lights out at night. Good stuff. Sounds like a plan. What you got for number three? My number three is Akira Yamaoka's You're Not Here from Silent Hill. And this is my choice that plays during the credits. And it wasn't the first time I heard this song because this song was originally featured on the Silent Hill 3 soundtrack. I rented Silent Hill 3 from Blockbuster when it first came out, and they actually included the soundtrack as a bonus CD if you bought it. But Blockbuster put the bonus disc in there with the game and I must've been the first person to rent it. And all I'm going to say is that CD wasn't in there when I returned it. (laughs) I'm not sure what happened to it now, but uh, it did get played repeatedly. I love the silent Hill franchise. I'm not sure if you're a big gamer or not, Dave. I'm not. And I don't pretend to be, but I totally think it's cool. Right on. I even pre-ordered silent Hill four from GameStop because they offered the soundtrack as a pre-order bonus. And I love that soundtrack just as much. Unfortunately, I did not love that game. And while I'm sure there are some fans out there, it definitely derailed the franchise on the video game side. But a few years later, we did get this movie, which I think is a kick-ass adaptation. They were very faithful to the source material and they used a lot of Akira Yamaoka's tracks from the games. And they topped it off with You're Not Here playing over the credits. And all I can say is this is one of the greatest examples of fan service done right. Which 
often is not the case. So I applaud them for that. And I love that track. When fan service is done right, it truly shines. I actually saw the Silent Hill movie in theater when it came out, uh, like maybe not opening weekend, but very close to it. And I remember it was during the week, meaning there was like five or less people in theater. And it was truly an experience because I had never played the games. And so I did not know what I was doing or like what I was in for besides knowing I wanted to see a horror movie and I like Sean Bean. So it's got to be good. And it really was. <laughs> and everything from like creepy nurses to the pyramid. Was it Pyramid Head? Is that the name? Yep. I was I was rocked. So good choice. I'd have to rewatch to know the track, but at least it's something for me to look forward to. Yeah, I went and saw it in theaters with a bunch of friends, too, and we were all fans of the game. And when the credits started and that song came out, I think I let out an audible like, yeah. And (laughs) none of us got up until the screen went dark and the lights came on. I'll tell you that much. We were into it. So since I'm not a gamer, I'll ask your opinion. From what I've read, Silent Hill 2 was the best game. What do you think? Yes, definitely. Okay. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and the you're talking about what you rented. Was it PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2 at this point? That was PlayStation 2. Nice. I still actively play my PlayStation 1. Wow. You need to play Silent Hill on it, Dave. Well, see, I'm just not good at strategic games like that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I've told people um, I've only like traditionally I'll play maybe uh, exhibition games like I like hockey. You know, I'll play a football game, wrestling game. But one thing is I, I beat Resident Evil 2, but it was with a strategy guide. And that's just kind of how I roll because I just don't figure shit out like that <laughs> on my well. own. If it's any consolation, I suck at the type of games you play. So, <laughs> oh, hey, fair trade. <laughs> All right, it's time for top three. This is when it might get a little strange. That's because is it a horror movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Is it a Christmas horror movie? So, does that count? And it's my show? Yes. What's this by Danny Elfman, Nightmare Before Christmas? I think that's fair. <laughs> It's Christmas Damn horror, right it is. <laughs> children's horror. It's definitely within the realm, right? It is. I mean, you got skeletons, man. You got zombies, vampires, werewolves. Everything is there. Whether it's horror for your kids or horror for yourself, it's still in the realm of horror. We have kidnapping. There's attempted murder and attempted suicide, if I'm not mistaken. Sally's kind of crazy. And uh, it's a gnarly movie with a gnarly soundtrack. And nobody can watch that movie and not leave or turn it off and prevent themselves from singing what's this <laughs> i just love it. and danny elfman is i get away with bringing him up because traditionally he doesn't sing you know he, he scores things but that's his voice singing and so it counts oh for sure it counts and uh believe it or not i went to the houston premiere of nightmare before christmas i won tickets with a drawing of a haunted house when i was a kid and uh i love that movie i loved tim burton stuff and uh that movie clinged to me for a long time. I had shirts, I had figures, I had books about its creation. So I have no problem with you choosing what's this from that. I had the soundtrack, man. I used to rock that soundtrack. I loved What Have I Done. The Halloween song is awesome. Yes. Great stuff all around, man. But yeah, what's this is definitely one of the centerpieces of that entire movie. So great choice. And I could have gave the nod to... 
I, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but the Boogeyman song, you know, Boogie Woogie or whatever, because that's definitely more horror than what's this. But we go with my personality. What's this is going to take the win. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Kid, kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus is also pretty, pretty kick ass. <laughs> And, of course, they did make a metal version of that album. And so Marilyn Manson and Evanescence and everything, you know, Korn, it, it rocked, too. <laughs> sure did. Man, we're really getting to it now, aren't we, with number two? All right, well, coming in second for me is Bauhaus's Stigmata Martyr from Night of the Demons. One of my all-time favorite movies and who doesn't love the scene of Angela dancing to this song? It's such an epic and memorable scene in horror movie history. I'll say, too, the acting is not the greatest in that movie. But the actor playing Sal really delivers as he drunkenly watches on in confusion as Angela starts writhing around. And to make it a little more personal, I'll tell you a little story. When I was a teenager... I was dating this girl who was a huge Bauhaus, Peter Murphy, and Love and Rockets fan. And I didn't really listen to them, but I showed her Night of the Demons and I told her, oh, I love this song. And she was like, that's Bauhaus, dude. And in 2007, we went to Houston to see Nine Inch Nails and Bauhaus was the opening act. And I kept saying, like, I got to hear Stigmata Martyr live. And she was like, look. I know you like Night of the Demons in that song, but that's not like one of their big songs. So, you know, temper your expectations. But they did play it and it was awesome. And then in 2019, Peter Murphy went on tour with Ray J, the Bauhaus bassist, and they performed the album in the flat field, which this song comes from in its entirety. And when they got to Stigmata Martyr, they had these big floodlights aimed right at the audience and Peter Murphy was standing there with his back to the crowd and he had the mic stand over his shoulders and he was casting this awesome Christ-like T-pose silhouette. And I was standing towards the back of the floor and the way these floodlights were shining through the audience, I could see everybody's limbs in front of me and everybody was just grooving and getting down in the most gothy way. And I just had to stand there with the biggest grin on my face watching this happen and just thinking back to my love for Night of the Demons and this song and getting to see this happen live. It was like 20 years culmination for that moment, you know, and I love that song, love that movie, Bauhaus, Stigmata Martyr, number two great movie i uh, i love a great concert too so that's really cool that you got to experience that not once but twice yeah it was uh definitely i've been to a lot of shows and those are two of my fondest memories for sure anytime it can tie into a horror movie it's a double thumbs up right that's just that's a so winning there, you know. <laughs> Icing on the cake, Charlie Sheen, the whole nine yards. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, I'm going to take you to my number two. And guess what? I've seen this in concert, too. Uh -oh. And it's none other than the self-titled track, House of a Thousand Corpses by Rob Zombie. My God, talk about originality. One of the greatest tracks. That album... That entire album could have been on my list, but I thought that was a cop-out, so I did not do it. But, man, 
you cannot go anywhere without hearing Rob Zombie, House of a Thousand Corpses, whether it's some sort of Rob Zombie concert, some sort of Rob Zombie event, or go into a haunted house. They play this track, and it's always fantastic. I am shocked that you would choose a Rob Zombie song, Dave. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, great choice. Out of all of his songs for his movies, I think this one is still the best and my favorite. So, yeah. What more can you yeah. say? What an amazing intro. I remember seeing House of 1000 Corpses in the theater, and I thought the editing and all the f- photography he did for that intro and that song just rocked it. Oh, yeah. Straight music video intro. The song floods the theater. When you go to a concert, everybody gets crazy excited because all Rob Zombie fans have seen House of a Thousand Corpses. It was like the movie he wanted to do for the longest time and finally got to do. And uh, now he gets to do Monsters. Totally cool. But uh, anytime the song comes on, man, it just kind of flips my mentality and it's game on. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, this is. An unskippable track, for sure. Great choice. I'm surprised it's not number one. Yeah, and when I tell you number one, you'll realize that it was kind of a toss-up for me, but I put them in order for one specific reason. But speaking of number ones, now we got to know, what's your number one? My number one comes from what is arguably, in my opinion, the greatest horror movie soundtrack of all time. It's Surfing Dead by the Cramps from Return of the Living Dead. Love that movie to death. Love the Cramps. The Cramps and horror go hand in hand, basically. I actually discovered the Cramps while watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 and hearing Goo Goo Muck and just having to find out who did that song. And recently, Danny and I even covered Near Dark on fraternity and we heaped loads of praise on the bar scene that also features cramps version of fever playing from the jukebox. But I digress surf and dead easily. My favorite Cramps song, one of my favorite songs in general, and definitely my favorite song in return of the living dead And the way they use it and play it when the punks and Bert and Ernie have to run around the funeral home and board up the windows while zombies start bursting through. For my money, it's probably the best board up the house moment in zombie history. And like I said, this movie has a killer soundtrack. Party Time by 45 Grave is great. Burn the Flames by Rocky Erickson hits hard. And who can forget Linnea Quigley dancing naked on a grave to tonight we'll make love till we die. Now that is unforgettable. They all accompany fantastic scenes, but Surfing Dead will always and forever be my jam. That's my number one. Surfing Dead the Cramps, man. Load it on your Spotify now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Um, I love that movie. Like, when you talk about zombie movies, no conversation could leave out the Return of the Living Dead series, and I think the first one is magnificent. I'm happy that it's on your list. It's not on my list, which means that we had absolutely no crossover, but like you said to me earlier, somebody had to bring it up, and I'm glad you did. Awesome, man. Yeah, just 
It had to be my number one. There was there was no question for me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no room for a budge, huh? No, not at all. But Dave, all right. I gotta know what beat House of One Thousand Corpses. Well, I'm so glad you framed it that way because it's only a different Rob Zombie movie, so it's okay. <laughs> but the way I put these in order, I justified by yes. They're both great songs, but one of my favorite things in filmmaking is having the right song to the right moment. And sometimes that can solidify just a reason to see a movie entirely. And I think the greatest ending in horror movie history is whenever Freebird by Leonard Skinner plays in The Devil's Rejects. I remember seeing this movie opening day and already loving House of a Thousand and already saying Rob Zombie can do no wrong, only to have it solidified by seeing this movie and saying not only can he not do wrong, he can make one of the greatest things I've ever seen. That ending in Devil's Rejects, having uh, Freebird play by Leonard Skinner, it just makes 100% fucking sense. Like I felt every word of that song, every emotion. It's one of the only times where you feel bad for the bad guys. And I got to say, just hearing it in the full surround sound and being embraced in Rob Zombie's art, it's movie magic. And I was really stuck for a while between the House of a Thousand's intro or the Freebird outro. But I said, you know what? Both the Rob Zombie, I'm going to go with the one that has the double meaning. So Freebird. Dude, I totally slept on that. That scene never even crossed my mind, but that is a brilliant choice. That is a great way to wrap up our lists, man. I uh, I salute you for that one. When you talk about a song enhancing a scene, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? No, it doesn't, dude. And it's like you already like this song. Like generally anybody who can like Leonard Skinner probably likes him because of Freebird. Several more songs for sure. But even people who aren't fans of Leonard Skinner are fans of Freebird. It's the number one song people shout at any concert, no matter who's playing. <laughs> but to see it used in art form whenever we have Sherry Moon, uh, Sid Haig and Bill Mosley in the car, just down and out beyond exhausted on their last breath and just saying, fuck it, we're going to go out guns a blazing. I mean, it doesn't get much better than this. Yeah. I love that movie. I love how it's more of a spaghetti Western than a horror film, yeah. but it's definitely still horror. And yeah, that culmination right there, icing on the cake. Oh, great mm, list. Dude. Give me some cake. Yeah. Thanks man. Not so bad yourself. And I got to say shocked with no crossover, but two, totally different list in its entirely and uh, any listener out there it might be the list for you so you guys will have to check it out sean i know you don't like to spoil much but this episode comes out today fill us in on what's been going on in some of the previous episodes and plug fraternity podcast well i'll tell you what we've got a great movie coming up this friday and you can follow us at fraternity I don't usually give away our titles, but I'm going to give it to you here. We will be doing Ginger Snaps from 2000. So yeah. I know there's a lot of fans of that movie. I'm a huge fan. I've been completely addicted to that movie all over again, working on this. 
And I think we're going to bring y'all a great episode. So I hope you enjoyed our lists and I hope you tune in to Fraternity as well. And thanks again, Dave, for having me on, brainstorming these ideas together. And uh, let's make it happen again. Absolutely, man. I, You know I love doing it. And before I let you go, I just want to tip my hat. Not that I'm wearing one, but if I was, I would tip it to you. You guys recently put out an episode on Alligator, and it was a blast. So listeners out there, if you haven't checked out Fraternity, or if you're just not caught up, go check out the Alligator episode. Tons of fun. You have yourself a great day. You too. have it top five songs on horror movie soundtracks what a unique idea thank you sean for bringing it to the table what you guys think man it was a lot of fun to talk about these particular songs because they related to some 10 particular horror movies and uh i love horror movies and i love doing top five lists i know i've done a few in a row i promise that's not all that's coming to the podcast but Sometimes uh, scheduling is tough, and top fives are fun, and when you put them together, it just fucking works. It is what it is. But seriously, want to thank you guys for checking out this episode, and uh, if you know anybody who likes rock and roll or horror movies, share it with them. And just tell them that my audio isn't always trash. Look at the end. Here, yeah, a little better. Some, I don't know what it is, guys. Like Sometimes I record over Skype, and I have Spectrum Internet. I have 200 megs, and I'm you know spitting distance from the router, so I know my Internet's good. But a lot of times when I record with people, it just – I don't know. Sometimes it's weird. But hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and uh, I hope you guys liked Sean's list. I hope you guys liked my list. If you have something to say, say it to my face. Yeah, my number one's Leonard Skinner. It is what it is. Maybe it's my white trash roots. Maybe it's, you know, because I was born in a dark alley between a bottle of hot damn and a cocaine needle. I don't know. Is it true? You figure it out. But for this episode, that wraps this up. And I'm going to let you guys go so I can start working on the next episode because I have some non-top five lists in the works, and I can't wait to do those too. They just take a little more time, and here I'm wasting it. So you guys have a wonderful day, and please go watch some movies.
It's the greatest story in sports. Start dropping straight back. Hit as he throws. Has the ball. It is the I'm Doug Russell, and this is Tales from 1265, an insider's look at football's most storied franchise, a franchise that has had its dynasties. This is the first Super Bowl trophy, and uh, it's something Green Bay can keep. We're going to have a, a new trophy each year. And its rebirths. Every major football decision will be made by Ron Wolf. I realize I'm a Green Bay Packer now, and maybe I can prove that I am worth the first-round pick next year, but just got to be patient. But I was really impressed with the coaching staff, with the whole organization, and with the direction the team is going. I think they, they have a total commitment to winning. Tales from 1265 is presented by Nicolay Law, your local award-winning injury lawyers. If you've been injured, get Nicolay, Wisconsin's winning team of lawyers that will get you back in the game. Tales from 1265 is a production of iHeartRadio Podcasts and is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 